the problem with, quote, classes of, quote, obesity. This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. The entire idea of, quote, obesity is problematic. It's a made-up concept to pathologize bodies based on shared size rather than shared symptomology. It uses body mass index, or BMI, which is a math equation created with a racist basis. If your weight in pounds times 703 divided by your height in inches squared is 30 or more, you are, quote, diagnosed with, quote, obesity. This does not have the ring of sound science, and it gets worse. BMI, originally pushed by the insurance industry, which sought to use it to increase profits by finding ways to deny coverage to higher weight people, became a part of healthcare, used as a proxy for everything from general health to assumed behaviors to disease risk. This ignores the fact that higher weight people are as varied in health status and behavior as any other group of people, and that the weight stigma, weight cycling, and healthcare inequalities that higher weight people experience are correlated with those same health issues. Still, BMI is now ubiquitous in healthcare and research. Over time, and someday I'll go into the whole sordid diet industry-driven history of all this, quote, classes of, quote, obesity were developed based on BMI. Class 1, BMI of 30 to less than 35. Class 2, BMI of 35 to less than 40. Class 3, BMI of 40 or higher. The first issue is that these classifications are used to classify risk of developing so-called weight-related health issues. Now, weight-related health issues are health issues that people of all sizes get, but that get termed weight-related when fat people have them. And again, that ignores the fact that those health issues are also weight stigma-related health issues, weight cycling-related health issues, and unequal healthcare treatment-related health issues. The second issue is that these classifications are used to make treatment recommendations. The healthcare system in general views higher weight people and bodies as more riskable, recommending more dangerous treatments to higher weight people than thinner people with the same symptoms and diagnoses. So when treatment recommendations are made based on these classifications, it typically results in those of the highest weights being given the most risky, dangerous, and expensive treatments, often focusing on weight loss for health issues that thin people also get. Recommendations around weight loss surgery and type 2 diabetes provide an example of this. In this way, the classifications of, quote, obesity serve to codify weight stigma within healthcare treatment, ensuring that the highest weight people will have the most difficult time receiving ethical, evidence-based weight-neutral care. The third issue is that, well, they don't make any sense. Going back to the recommendations for weight loss surgery and type 2 diabetes, less than a pound can change one's, quote, class of, quote, obesity and become the difference between a recommendation to achieve glycemic management through medical options or a suggestion to have a dangerous weight loss surgery regardless of glycemic control. So, if you are 5'3 and weigh 225 pounds, you will receive a recommendation of behavior changes and medication for glycemic management. But if you are 5'3 and 225.75 pounds, you will receive a recommendation to have most of your stomach amputated. Again, risk is predicated on a height-weight ratio with just a 0.75-pound difference between recommendations with massively different risks. The true intersection of ridiculousness and weight stigma reveals itself in Class 3. Note that Class 1 encompasses 5 BMI points and Class 2 encompasses 5 BMI points. Meanwhile, Class 3 encompasses literally 
infinite BMI points. And doctors, researchers, and other healthcare experts want us to believe that this is sound science. Even if we buy into the idea that the health risks higher weight people experience are because of their height weight ratio, and that changing someone's height weight ratio would reduce risk, which again is absolutely not settled science. Are we really to believe that the five-point difference in BMI between class one and class two represents an increased health risk, but everyone with a BMI from 40 and above, a quote class of quote obesity that spans thousands of points and pounds, has the same risk? Or perhaps it's just that once someone gets to a BMI of 40, which for reference is 233 pounds for someone who is 5'4", 270.75 pounds for someone who is 5'9", per the NIH BMI calculator, those making the decisions to use these classes simply don't care about additional risks we might face because they don't see us as worthy of care unless or until we become smaller. Using these classes of, quote, obesity as if they are some kind of valid scientific or medical concept enshrines weight stigma, encourages weight cycling, and bolsters the view that the higher someone's weight, the less valuable and the more riskable they are. The solution to this is the same as the solution to the problems with BMI in general. We can just let it go, and there is no need to replace it with other measurements of size or weight. Given that people of all sizes get the same health issues, we don't need weight, size, or ratio of weight and height to be a middleman for health. We can simply take each patient individually and focus on supporting their health rather than manipulating their body size. We could stop calculating BMIs for patients today, and nothing bad and plenty of good would come of it. The diet industry could stop pouring money into studies that use questionable methods to correlate weight and health in order to sell their products. Instead, we could create research including people of diverse sizes and diverse other identities as well to test interventions across a spectrum of sizes, much like what was done for the COVID vaccines. By centering the health of people of all sizes in healthcare, rather than focusing on manipulating all patients into a narrow range of height-weight ratio, patients are afforded better care and recommended interventions that provide more benefits with far less risk. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.